Hi, this is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast, another special Super Bowl week edition for you as we get closer to the Kansas City Chiefs facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. We've got a pair of running backs on this one, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. Barry Sanders joins me. And one of the excellent young star running backs in the game, Saquon Barkley, is also on the show. I talked to Barry Sanders about the Lions trading Matthew Stafford to the Rams, new Lions coach Dan Campbell, and much more. Saquon talks about his rehab from an ACL injury, his excitement about the Giants' improving offensive line, and he had very interesting thoughts on Giants coach Joe Judge and much more. Stay tuned for that. We'll kick it off with Pro Football Hall of Famer, Barry Sanders. Barry is fourth on the all-time rushing list with 15,269 yards, and he certainly could have had more. Barry walked away from the game at age 30 after 10 years with the Detroit Lions. Here's my conversation with Barry Sanders. Barry, you spent 10 seasons with the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford played 12 seasons there before he and the Lions mutually agreed to move on. What do you think of what happened there in Detroit and Matthew moving on to the Rams. Well, you know, it's going to be a big adjustment um, or an adjustment to some degree, you know, and it'll be, um, you know, really kind of the changing of the guard and a new chapter in Lions football. Um, He meant a lot to the organization and, um, you know, and so uh, there is that part of it. Uh, But, um, you know, we also know that Jared Goff, has, has played in some big time games and was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and that you know he's still young and that um, he's still sort of approaching his prime. You would think, um, you know, and and so I'm interested just to see, um, you know, how he uh, handles the trade. Uh, we have some good weapons here. Ho- hopefully, we'll get Kenny Galladay signed. Um, you know, and and uh, but but yeah, I, I overall. Uh, overall kind of feel good about, you know, what we're receiving in return, um, you know, the draft picks as well as, as well as uh, Jerry Goff, um, you know, so I think we made out pretty well in it. The Lions organization gets a lot of criticism, Barry, for not building around mm-hmm. you, not winning around you, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, and then Matthew. Do you think that's fair or do you think it's just that's life in the NFL? Sometimes draft picks don't pan out, trades don't work out, things happen. Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, fans have a right to be critical um, and and you can, um, you know, so I think you can determine any number of ways. Um, we, we want things to, we want things, want things to get better. Um, I think, um, you know, I think this year, this offseason, kind of um, cleaning the plate, starting anew, um, I, you know, you can't say we haven't, you know, hadn't tried everything um, possible uh, this go around to, uh, you know, to really try to get things started in a new direction. Um, you know, but I think that that kind of criticism, you know, when you go certain um, certain stretches of time without making the playoffs or winning, then, you know, I think you kind of open for criticism. Was there ever a point during your career, during your time there, that you considered asking for a trade? I know it was different. A little bit back then, players didn't move around quite as often as they do now. But did you ever consider it? Did you ever approach management and say anything? No, I, n- I never approached management with anything like that. Never really 
had a, a serious thought about playing somewhere else. Um, you know, I, I like playing here in Detroit um, and uh, had great years here. It would have been nice to win more, um, you know, and, and be able to create that here. And I felt like, um, you know, to some degree, we made progress with that during my, my time, um, but just didn't quite get there. How involved were you, Barry, with this search for a new coach as a consultant? Did you have conversations? Did you help them put a list together? And what do you think of Dan Campbell? You know, my, my involvement pretty much consists of, you know, I had a couple conversations with, with Chris Billman um, and Rod Wood just to kind of see what they were thinking. You know, I knew that they were interviewing candidates um, and things like that. And, um, and it doesn't surprise me uh, that, that they landed on, on, on Coach Campbell. You know, knowing the kind of player Chris Spillman was, um, I, could, I could see how he and Coach Campbell would get along well when you start talking about biting kneecaps and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, things, like, and things like that. Um, you know, so, uh, so but that, that was pretty much the extent of my involvement, just kind of understanding, you know, where they were in the process, um, you know, and knowing that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking to turn the page and, and uh, start a new chapter in Lions football. A guy I know pretty well, Deuce Staley, is going to be the new running backs coach over there. How well do you know Deuce, and and what do you think of that move? Oh yeah, I've just I've just seen him in passing, um, you know, and that was certainly welcome news. You know, I mean, he's um, another guy that's in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of ways, like uh, Coach Campbell. You know, he played the game, you know, at a high level. He's he's been around the game um, since retiring. You know, and and um, and so he's very familiar with today's NFL and today's athlete um, and that sort of thing. So uh, I think he'll be, you know, a welcomed addition and, and a real asset uh, to to our team. Barry, a big topic of conversation lately has been Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, <clears throat> getting passed over again for a head coaching opportunity. He had six interviews out of the seven jobs this year. Why do you think that keeps happening? Oh, uh, well, you know, I'm not the one to ask. I mean, obviously the guy, uh, the guy knows what he's doing. I think sometimes you can be a victim of your own success. You know, people see how successful they've been and all the weapons they have and, and maybe they hold it against them or, or what have you, you know? And so it's, it's probably, it's probably an example of a double standard because, you know, uh, most others, people who, who have that kind of success, you know, it doesn't take him long to find a job, uh, but I, I'm sure he'll find something at some point. Um, man, I don't, I don't know. You know, but just, just looking at his situation, uh, I don't know of many better situations than he's in currently. But, <laughs> but, but the fact that he's looking, um, you know, you, you would think that someone would have would have um, picked him up. You know, but, but, uh, you know, so it's just kind of one of those things. But, but I, I've known uh, Eric for many years. And it's amazing to see, um, you know, just his maturity as a coach and, uh, and to see him enjoy the kind of success that he's had. Um, and uh, and wh whoever decides to give him a shot, um, I think they're going to be very glad that they did, um, you know, because obviously he's shown that he's well deserving of it. Did you ever have the opportunity or even consider, think about getting into coaching? I know they often say when you're a Hall of Fame player, it's not as easy to have that success pass over translate into guys you coach and 
but they always say those who can't teach. Was that something that you ever thought about? No, not really. Um, I, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm at a good safe distance from the game. Uh, currently, you know, I kind of like it that way. Um, you know, I don't, I never really saw myself as a coach. Um, you know, so it was never really something that I, that I strongly considered, honestly. Anytime I ask a running back, whether they're past, present, if they saw you play, even if they didn't see you play, they saw highlights of you, your name always comes up. And I say, who's your favorite running back of all time? Barry Sanders' name is always at the top of guys' list. How about you, as you look at today's game, who are some of the guys that you really enjoy watching? Well, I, I think, um, you know, at the top of that list, you look at what Derrick Henry's been able to do the last couple of years um, and, and uh, you know, just had a phenomenal year this year. Uh, eclipsing 2,000 yards and, you know, last year going into Green, uh, not Green Bay, going going into New England um, and beating the defending champions, um, you know, with, with, uh, with, you know, with a nice playoff win there. And so um, you look at Derek, um, you look at some of the young guys, I mean, being, being in, in Detroit, um, you know, you, I see a lot of Dalvin Cook, um, He's another one of those guys you can give the ball to 20, 25 times a game, and and uh, he's going to get you a hundred plus yards and, and that kind of thing. Um, you even look at some of these some of these younger backs uh, who's come along. You know the Jacobs kid for the Raiders, or or um, you know the kid from Wisconsin. Um, you know who played for Indianapolis Colts, John, Jonathan Taylor, um, Nick Chubb. You know. Um, I think there's just, you know, I, I even think uh, Zeke Elliott was a little down this year, but I think he'll be back next year. I mean, you look at um, the kind of numbers Zeke has put up his first, um, you know, four or five years in the league. He's been among the best. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, uh, he's at the tail end of his career, but I've, I've enjoyed watching him throughout my throughout his career um, and being another Hall of Fame caliber type player. So, so yeah, I think I think um, the league is in good hands as far as running backs are concerned. I mean, you know, there's a lot more I could mention, like Alvin Kamara, you know, who, who um, had another you know fantastic year and, and others. So so yeah, now as a, as a running back, as a former running back, um, you know, I, there's a lot of guys that I like to look at. I've had a lot of conversations with Rocket Mortgage over the past year for different things that I'm doing. I know you're working with them, Barry. What exactly is a Super Bowl square? Oh, absolutely. Well, really, it's just a great chance, man, for fans to win a lot of cash during Super Bowl. Um, and so um, it's just a bigger and better version of your normal game of squares, you know, uh, where pretty much every time the score changes, fans will have a chance to win $50,000. Um, and then two other fans have a chance to win half a million dollars, um, you know. And so if you want to find out more about it, go to rocketmortgagesquares.com. Um, get signed up. It's free to play. Um, you know, so um, we, we, we know we got fantastic offenses in this game and the scoreboard could potentially light up. And so maybe fans can win a lot of cla- uh, win a lot of cash playing squares. Last one for you. You got a pick for this game? I'm kind of leaning. I'm kind of leaning toward the Chiefs. You know, I'm kind of leaning toward the Chiefs. I mean, I think um, I almost see it as a revenge game, you know, from the Chiefs, uh, you know, losing to Brady and Gillette Field two years ago in sort of a, under questionable circumstances. <laughs> and I know Brady's with a different team, but but I, I, I kind of see them as uh, maybe um, 
maybe, uh, you know, seeking revenge for that game. Um, you know, it's interesting because I've compared it to, you know, Brady and Mahomes, the two great boxers, you know, who were in the same division, you know, who they got, they're going to have to meet up at some point because they're, they're the class of the division. Um, and, uh, and, you know, they're, they're the class of the quarterbacks, you know, and so, and so I'm not shocked to see these two guys playing for all the chips um, the same way that, you know, the Manial, you know, the, the Pacquiao, Merriweather fight fight had to happen at some point. These two guys, you know, had to meet up in the big game at, at some point because you know, they're just that good. Um, and they just carry their teams in that way. Um, and so I think it's just a beautiful matchup. Um, I think, um, you know, obviously you got great weapons, um, you know, on both sides of the ball, but certainly with the Chiefs. Um, but you can't discount the Bucks who went in and, and um, knocked off, um, you know, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers uh, and a high-powered offense. So I'm looking for a lot of fireworks on the field, but but uh, I think the Chiefs probably, um, you know, are crowned with that second consecutive title. Barry, this was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining me, and I uh, wish you a ton of blessings. Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Saquon Barkley was the number two overall pick by the New York Giants in 2018. He had over 1,000 yards rushing in each of his first two seasons in the league. He had over 2,000 total yards from scrimmage his rookie year. Saquon tore his ACL in week two this past season. I sat down with him. We discussed his rehab and much more. Here's Saquon Barkley. First off, how's the knee feeling and where are you in your rehab process? Um, The knee's feeling really well. Um, um, doing really well in rehab, just coming every single day with the mindset of getting home set better. Very lucky, have a great team around me, uh, great trainers, great, great uh, doctors. Um, everyone has been very beneficial to me and very helpful to me. So, um, whenever the opportunity, I'm able to get back on the football field with my team. I'm definitely going to cherish that moment, and, and, and I just honestly can't wait for that, for that day to happen soon. You think you could be ready for week one? Um, you know, I, I don't want to put any speculations out in air. Um, I'm just really just focusing right now on on today and tomorrow and the day after that. Um, and uh, I think that's the best way to look at it. And I think that's the best way to do that. Um, when you focus on that little stuff, um, then the rest will take care of itself. I've had a torn ACL. For me, the rehab was probably the toughest that I've ever gone through. I, as I was going through it, I couldn't wait to just jog. Like I was like, I can't I can't believe that I can't even run right now. What was the hardest part for you? Was it something physical or was it just the mental aspect of not being out on that field with your guys? I would say the mental aspect, not being out there with your guys. Um, the rehab process is really hard. I would agree with that. Um, you got to start all over. Um, you got to teach yourself how to walk, um, jog, run, uh, sprint, cut, and all that stuff again. Uh, but the mental part, just, you know, just especially when I hurt myself at the moment, I was really feel like I was letting everyone down um, and all my, all my teammates down. So, um, to be able to watch those guys on Sunday. Um, it was a very uh, emotional days, I guess you could say, kind of up and down um, because I was happy to see them go out there and, and ball out, especially with the games that we won. Um, but it was kind of sad at the same time because I wanted to be out there so bad with them. But, hey, everything happens for a reason. Um, just got to continue to get to work um, and control the things that I can control and let the rest take care of itself. What did you think of Joe Judge when he first came in and then as the season went on and as you got to know him, did your perception change? 
Um, yeah. Uh, at first, I think the the, um, the the mindset everyone has was uh, when he came uh, and gave his speech, uh, he let everyone know uh, he's about business and what he's going to be about. Um, so, you know, when I first met him and our conversation, I remember it was like, I was just, I couldn't like stop looking in his eyes. Like I was just like, it was like I was talking to a, a sergeant or something like that. <laughs> uh, that's how nervous I was. And, and throughout time, when you got to see him, he got to show his personality, even through Zoom. Um, it was very hard to do that because you can't meet each other. But even through Zoom for OTAs and stuff like that, he got to show his personality, um, got to show how competitive he is uh, when we did our team for team stuff and, and we would compete during those days. And, and um, you know, even during the season, you know, uh, for him, uh, something special with him. When I got hurt, I was trying to be this tough guy and, and stay strong in the locker room and, and show, like, team that I'm not – like, obviously I'm physically hurt, but I'm not hurt. And then I kind of started breaking down in front of him, and he, he looked me in the eye and told me uh, it's going to be one hell of a story. I mean, that's the type of guy he is. He got his guys back, and, and you know, he, he's a guy that's for, for his players, and he's a guy that's going to come in every single day and push you and, and get the best out of you no matter what. Is it easier to buy into him and his style because he came from New England and they had so much success there? No, it's not just because he came from New England. Um, for me, I'm just a big believer in buying in. You know, that's the only way it's going to work, in my opinion. It's not going to work if you don't buy in. Um, the culture won't work. And I think he came in and established a culture. Uh, and, you know, for me, being being one of the leaders and, and um, uh, one of the leaders on the team, uh, I try to buy in as best as I can. So, you know, we had this thing where you mess up, you got to run laps. Um, I remember the time where uh, I, I messed up, but I don't think it was, like, really a thing that I was caught. And after practice, I ran laps on my own because that's the rule. And that's what I think is going to help us become the team that we're going to become. And I think it started showing that this year, obviously a little later than we would like. Um, and we put ourselves in a position to, to play a game that had uh, playoff implications. And if we, would, if we won that game, we put ourselves in a situation to, uh, to play in the playoffs. And uh, sadly, we just left our, left our faith in another team hand where we got to learn that we can do that and be better early in the year. Well, tell me about that a little bit, because I know that it came down to the Eagles having to beat Washington. And a lot of guys on the Giants, a lot of your fans were pretty upset with the way that the Eagles handled that situation. How did you personally feel about it as you were watching it? And do you have any hard feelings that might linger in the next season? Uh, no, no hard feelings. Um, you know, I, I tweeted something like what's going on or can someone make it make sense to me? Because I didn't understand what's going on, to be completely honest. Uh, I didn't know why Hurts came off the game. Uh, and, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's easy to sit there and point the finger at the Eagles and saying, oh, they're the reason why we didn't make the playoffs. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. It's ourselves. It's on us. We didn't do what we had to do enough early in the season um, to to put ourselves in the playoffs. We gave ourselves a chance, but now we learn from that situation that never put your faith in another team's hands. And that's why we got to come out in this offseason. And whenever we are able to link up, take it serious, treat it serious. And, and when the season starts, uh, try to get a, a jump ball in the year. Um, so at the end of the year, we don't make it a question. Your offensive line, as the season went on, seemed to settle in and perform well. How encouraged are you by the way those guys stepped up and how excited are you to run behind them? Uh, very excited. Um, you saying that brings a smile to my face. Uh, obviously, you know, things were a little shaky uh, in the beginning of the year. Um, I remember the first game of the season, we didn't have our, our best um, game in the run game at all. Um, but uh, I remember bringing those guys after the game and talking to all, each and every lineman saying uh, we're a very talented group. Um, you know, we got to just keep coming to work every single day. We're going to get this thing work, uh, figured out. 
Um, unfortunately, I got hurt. Uh, Wayne and then Alfred and all those guys and Dion took over, um, and they started getting things clicking. And I, I think you saw when we got the run game going, um, we were a very hard team to beat. Um, we have a great run game, we have a great defense, and you have a great quarterback um, and talent all around, which I believe we have. Um, we can take that middle portion towards the end of the season. We, we I think we play some of our best ball um, and start off with that. I think we're going to be in a very good place. Saquon, I had Barry Sanders on the show today, and I asked him about some of his favorite guys to watch. Who were some of your favorite running backs growing up to watch play? Um, obviously, I've never seen Barry play, but Barry is definitely my favorite, um, you know, just with the help of YouTube uh, and be able to watch uh, his style of run and, and see the things that he's able to do. I think he's the most electrifying player in NFL history with a ball in his hand. Um, I'll say Walter Payton, uh, Sweetness, is another guy that I love watching growing up. Obviously, I didn't watch him play again, but just with YouTube. Um, Curtis, I actually did watch Curtis Martin play. I was a big Jets fan, so Curtis Martin, um, Thomas Jones had a little streak there, too, with a Jets. Uh, Shannon Green, uh, a, a big 10 running back that, that played with the Jets. I uh, like watching those guys when I was a kid growing up. Um, AP, AP, uh, AP is an amazing runner. I'll say him. And then for college, I'll go Reggie Bush in an NFL too. Um, I'll say Reggie Bush is all those, some of those guys that, uh, stuck out to me, stood out to me. And, um, I love watching the play. How close are you with Miles Sanders and, uh, what's your relationship like with him being that he followed you at Penn state? And do you guys have any kind of friendly competition going? Uh, yeah, Miles Sanders, that's my dog. Um, you know, I came in the year before him. Um, and he, he came in and uh, we, we kind of been playing. We played in college two years with each other. And, you know, I always knew he was talented and knew he was special. Um, you know, I feel like that he actually has opportunity to be uh, one of the best backs in the league. Um, you know, I, I think he is already, to, in my personal opinion. But, you know, you have to – you got to show it. And, obviously, he got to get more chances and more opportunities to do it. But I think that, you know, he's averaging like five yards per carry, something like that. Something really well absurd, to be honest. Um, so – I'm really excited for his future. I, I think I commented on something on his post the other day. Uh, it was like, this is the year or something like that. Um, it's going to be uh, the year that you, you come and you show everyone because I, I really do believe that he's going to push himself up there and, and be one of the, the key names at the running back position. Saquon, tell me what you're doing with Verizon and uh, Verizon 5G Stadium in Fortnite. Yeah, Verizon 5G Stadium Fortnite uh, today. Uh, linking up with some wonderful players and gamers. Um, and get to put on a little show uh, for the fans. And, you know, it's it just – it's amazing, obviously, what's going on in the world to, to partner up with Verizon and, and find a way to still uh, give back and, 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 you know, show something that – show that we're doing something uh, in a fun way and, and put smiles on people's face. And you know, I've been working with Verizon for a pretty long time now, and um, it's always a pleasure when I'm able to work up and, and link up with those guys. Saquon, uh, pleasure, man. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Thank you. Appreciate that. Time for some quick final thoughts. I wrote an article about Buccaneers quarterbacks coach Clyde Christensen and 82-year-old assistant coach Tom Moore. Christensen worked with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. Moore won two Super Bowls as a receivers coach with the Steelers during the Steel Curtain years with Terry Bradshaw, and he was Indy's offensive coordinator during Manning's time there. Both guys won a Super Bowl with Peyton in Indy. Bruce Arians wrote a book called The Quarterback Whisperer, and he has two more quarterback whisperers on his staff. It was very interesting to hear 
Christensen and Moore discuss coaching Tom Brady and what they learned about him in their first year together. So check out that article. You can find it at APnews.com. That's it for another special Super Bowl 55 episode. Thank you to the legend Barry Sanders and Saquon Barkley for joining me. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. Share, leave a review, tell a friend, and stay tuned for more episodes this week from Tampa. Until then, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing.